Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Ken, today we're talking about one of those thinkers who was just incredibly influential, even though we don't have anything that they actually wrote. Oh, that would be Socrates, I bet. Guess again. Jesus Christ, he never wrote anything. Oh, Ken, you're just just too bound to the West. Think East. Confucius. You must be talking about Confucius. That's right. Confucius was one of the great thinkers in world history. His ideals have formed the basis of Chinese culture for centuries and centuries. He was as influential in the East as Aristotle or Plato were in the West. Confucius, when Philosophy Talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, San Francisco's oldest, most innovative public radio station. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner, down the street at the Stanford University campus. And then they migrate to the air, and then off the air onto the internet on our blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. Go check it out. Ken, today we're talking about Confucius, one of the great thinkers, one of the most influential thinkers of all time, but someone that you and I probably didn't study in graduate school to the extent we did Descartes, Plato, or Aristotle. Well, that's true. Confucius is not a part of the sort of standard Western canon, but, you know, I did study Confucius as an undergraduate at Notre Dame in that Great Books, great books program I got my degree in, a little bit at least, just a tiny bit. Well, but I don't claim to be any expert uh, by any means. Uh, good for you and good for Notre Dame. I, I used to, to give a lecture on Mencius, but I'm afraid I never learned much more than now, who I is, had to to make it through one lecture. Now, who is Mencius? Mencius was uh, not a student of uh, Confucius a couple of generations away, but one of the great exponents of his point of view. So tell me, what, what's, a, what's such a big deal? Tell me who Confucius was to begin with. Well, Confucius was a 6th century resident of China, uh, apparently descended from some nobility, but himself not wealthy and I guess an illegitimate son of somebody. 6th century, uh, that's 6th century BCE, right? Yes, 6th century BCE, right. Uh, born, I think, 550 lived uh, to a ripe old age, never seems to have had a steady job, wanted to, a little bit like Machiavelli, I guess. He, he hung around hoping to get a job as a sort of a secretary of state or secretary of the interior of the, with these various kings, but never really did. But he became known as a great man and a great teacher. Kings liked to be seen with him. They just didn't like to listen to him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, what was he trying to tell these kings? What was, what was it, What were some of his main uh, ideas as far as you can... Uh... Well, if you really if you idea. said the main ideas of our civilization are those in the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you'd say the main ideas of Confucianism are contrast quite a bit with that. They're not individualistic. It's more like filial piety, order, education, ritual, devotion to the state. Those those seem to be the things that Confucius thought were the key, not just to good government, but good life. Yeah, he had this view that if everything is well-ordered in the individual, then everything will be well-ordered in the family, and the family is a part of a community, everything will be well-ordered in the community, the community is well-ordered, the king will be well-ordered, and then it goes back the other way. If the king's well-ordered, the individual, the family, the community will be well-ordered, and then the families will be well-ordered, and then the individual will be well-ordered. It's all this great chain of well-orderedness that you, you can't, 
You know, you can't isolate any part of it from the other. Well, it may not be too appealing to your average uh, libertine, uh, democratic uh, American, but apparently it influenced great influence over centuries and centuries of Chinese civilization, I guess right up until today. Well, that's true, and, and uh, it's not just a historical thing. If you look at the Chinese, not just China, but the Chinese diaspora, it's spread throughout the world in a way. And our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen, looks into that. She files this report. When we talk about Confucius, we're talking about a philosopher who died almost 2,500 years ago, a man whose life we know very little about, which is why it's amazing how much his influence is still felt today. Chinese culture, Chinese society is so much of a Confucian society. Ji Lu Liu is a visiting professor of philosophy at Cal State Fullerton. Even though people may not know this is Confucius' teaching, uh, even though they are not following his teaching or listening to the doctrine, the way they interact with each other is all prescribed by Confucius. Confucius laid out a prescription for how a person should live his or her life. It's not about happiness or self-fulfillment. It's about humility, respect for one's elders, and education. You know, in the traditional society, parents would have absolute authority, and children have to just obey. There will be no consideration of nursing home or you know, abandoning the parents, and that's a lifelong commitment. I was brought up in that kind of atmosphere, even though my parents did not study Confucianism. But there's always this kind of implicit idea that to study means to never give up your effort, to always strive at your best. And there is that Chinese saying that you know, learning is like rowing a boat upstream. So whenever you stop, you're going backwards. So, so you can't relax. No, you can't take breaks. Uh, you, you just always need to go to the next step. I find it difficult to boast about myself. Most Americans don't have any problem there. <laughs> Him Mark Lai grew up in San Francisco's Chinatown. His first name, Him, means modesty. When he was a boy, Him's father taught him Confucian proverbs. Well, one of the things I remember is that I should every day examine myself. Am I true to others? Am I, um, you know, honest and... The, I think the main thing that I get from Confucian philosophy is don't go to extremes. And of course, you know, that is very, very contrary to America, uh, Western philosophy too, which is uh, you got to be a winner and you don't compromise, you know. I think the thing is the, in the Chinese, the family also gets into the act to do well in education and do well in life, also reflects on their family. And the family do pitch in to help so that together, even though individually they may not make enough, but together there's enough so that they can get an education and be successful. So uh, I think the family part is different from American ethos. The Confucian concept of a moral person is, in a lot of ways, the traditional Chinese concept of a moral person. I asked Ji Lu to describe what that life is like. Internally, he will be constantly uh, examining himself. He would always ask himself whether he is uh, doing his best whether he is putting up his best effort, whether, whether he is being uh, honest with his friends, whether he is uh, dutiful, whether he is proper in all different social contexts. He's someone who is kind of uh, careful in self-examination. So there were stories about Confucius. For example, if he walked by a funeral procession, you know, he would just change his uh, appearance. He would show respect. He would not be laughing or talking out loud when other people are engaged in something serious. So he's always observant of 
what's going on around him. The Confucian uh, tradition is not your self. No, that's being selfish because there's no self outside of a family or a society network. So your self is defined in terms of how you can contribute to the family and how you can contribute to society. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.